This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's so tight. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. It's tricky. 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 It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. 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 I met this little girl. Welcome in. You are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Money mail coming at you with a very, very important tactical type of money mail this week. A very simple change that can completely change the way that you live your life. We'll dig into this soon, but as always, a little bit of an update. I'm fresh from a few days in Mount Monganui. Awesome to bump into a couple of people down here, there, sorry, that are listening to Keep the Change then into the gym this morning, same couple of convos. It really feels like this thing is snowballing, which is really cool to see. So thank you when you do take time to come up and say hello. I know that sometimes that can feel awkward and whatnot, but uh, it does mean a lot to me. And to see some of the uh, stories that come through, and there was a really touching one this morning actually where a guy got in touch and was like, we met eight years ago, etc." Uh, outside of Keep the Change, and he was like, my brother was a massive fan of yours and was banging on about your podcast. Unfortunately, he passed away last year and I had no idea. And yeah, and now his brother uh, is listening and he's like, this content is so good and been so helpful. Thanks so much. Uh, I can see why my brother was always raving about you. It's getting crazy uh, and a little bit overwhelming at times, but it is really rewarding and it's cool. And it reminds me of something I saw during the week and something I try and talk to you about all the time, which is set goals for who you'll become through that process. Now, that's been a massive realization as I've achieved more things in life. And and even as I go on this goal of trying to help 100,000 Kiwis improve their financial literacy, seeing who it's making me become or what I have to do, what I have to learn, what I have to figure out, what I have to write, what I have to say, what I have to say no to, and you just gain so much from doing these things. And I think the the concept of setting massive goals, some people like it, some people don't like it. But really, if you do go down that path, it's the little things that you change in yourself 1% or that you have to go through to get a bit closer to it that you realize as you go are the really valuable things. And it's not necessarily the goal at the end, it's the process and it's the people you meet, the stories you hear, the things you learn, and then you can carry those over into other areas of your life. Thank you so much for all of the feedback, the comments, and the support and the positivity around the big investment that I've made into Keep the Change this year. Now, we're going to be going into a studio way more regularly. You'll probably see that the Money Mail episodes will just stay audio, but myself and Mikey and different guests will be in that same setup that can be customized and we can have some fun with it. And I'll go through some of the details as we go and and, and make some of those. We've done two so far. They'll be out very soon. They're very, very important episodes. I think it's going to help us level up the thinking and even the pre-work that goes into the pods because when you start spending your own money, it's like I say, when you pay, you pay attention. Now, that studio, each episode is more than the median and even average week of rent. So if I go in there and record four episodes, as Mikey and I often do, there's a month rent. 
that I have to figure out how to pay. So that is me committing and going, well, I back myself to figure out how to do it. This is going to help reach more people. It's part of the goal. Go, commit, do it. Just like the person at the traffic light the other day, don't hesitate. So I 100% back myself with those sorts of things. And I even, I go, okay, I could probably record 50 in a year. Well, can I bankroll that amount of cash? Yes, I can already. I've got that sitting there if I want to. I can pull it out of some um, cash that I've set aside and invest it into other people learning. Is that a good use of my money? Um, yes, of course it is because I know that people will learn. They'll change their life. They, their life will improve. This pendulum will continue to swing and it will come back around in time. Will I make it back straight away? No, maybe, don't know. Does it matter? No. Will it definitely come back? A hundred percent it will. Can I take you on a bit of that journey as well to inspire you guys to then go and do some of the things out there that you want to do? Yep, a small percentage of you. Is that net good for New Zealand? Fucking oath. So let's roll. So that's a big commitment, but it's not what I'm scared of because I know that I can figure it out. Not that I've got it figured out, that I can figure it out is the key thing there. What else is going on? Um, I got off to a wedding for two days over on Waiheke. I'm about to release a grunty podcast with a, a software that's completely changed my life, which is really cool to record. There is so much shit going on. I was working until 9.30 last night. My phone was still ringing. Nine is usually my cutoff. I do not work past 9 p.m., but sometimes you breach your rules and you've just got to get shit done. So anyway, I could go on and on and on, but I've got to get through this and then get the over to Waihekia for a wedding where I'm best man, so I've got to speak at that, so I've got to write a speech. You will just be blown away how much you are actually capable of if you put heaps of shit on your plate. And maybe not everybody is capable of doing a lot of stuff, but trust me, you grow up in this country learning that you're burnt out and fucking like all these different things and you can't, don't take on too much and slow down and all of this shit. Man, the more I've put on my plate, the more I've been blown away at what I can actually do and what I'm capable of and what I was missing out of by playing it steady and one thing at a time and thinking that an eight-hour workday was such a long day and, and all this sort of shit. And you start removing distractions, you start having a lot of shit to do. Like I've boomed into the office today at 8.30 a.m.-ish and you know, it's not like an early start, but I've come up Queen Street, I'm looking around, everyone's on their phone, they're on their earpods, they are, no one's smiling and think, fuck, what are they off to do? I get in here, I'm like, right, I need to get down, get that podcast uh, recording kit out, I need to get that shit going because I know that my day is about to get fucking busy. Now, the first thing I do to record this, I've got it on my laptop, is I basically open the email and the email only, it's the only thing on my screen because I do not need any other distractions because all that's going to do is halfway through this, I'm going to see that I've got two emails and go, oh, I wonder who it is. I wonder if it's that thing I need to finish off. And then it's going to take my mind over there. So honestly, the more you can put on your plate that you're willing to see, do you have the potential to do that and have a crack at it and remove distractions and go, right, I'm not going to come to the office and just sit down and look on social media for 10, 15 minutes, like get straight to work, decrease the time between getting up and doing the work or getting into the office and doing the work. You'll be blown away what you can actually do. So let's roll. Steal this government trick for yourself. If you're an employee, by the time you get paid, there is a high chance you will already have spent a chunk of your pay. Your tax is going to be taken and paid direct to the government. 
So is your ACC expense, which covers you if you're injured in an accident, then perhaps your KiwiSaver, if you're that way inclined, or maybe even your superannuation savings scheme, if you don't contribute to KiwiSaver, but maybe you're in the police, for instance, and you contribute to that version or whatever it is that your employer might have set up. But this leaves you with a net amount, right? So from there, many people start to allocate money towards everyday living costs and repaying loans. Add in the cost of living pressure, and before we know it, we are scrambling to our next payday. So then there's no room for investing, saving, or putting aside for our future. Now, I used to live like this until I started to really think about what the government was doing to us. Now, it's not like, it sounds a little bit, incorrect. Now I can flesh that out in a podcast but can't really in here. I noticed people investing and saving first and then paying for every se- everything second. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great, but I can't do that. That's not how my life is. Fuck, that would be nice. And then I realized when someone explained it to me, yeah, but that's what the government does to you. That's why the banks do. That's what the big corporates do to you. I'm like, whoa, whoa, ha- ha- hang on. So I used to live where the government would take my taxes, my ACC, and the bank would take my mortgage, the big corporates would take theirs, and I'd be left with whatever's over, and I would spend the rest, because I thought, well, I've done the, like, they've taken their bit, now I get my bit. But at some stage, you have to flip it and go, like, why are they doing that? So, again, like, I used to live like this, so this is just a lesson that I noticed and picked up, and I think we can implement for ourselves and see what it does for us. So the banks do this too, the big corporates, as I say, and I'll show you in a second. So they all take from our hard earned before we even have a chance to spend it elsewhere. And most of the time, this is automated. So think about this. Your employer withholds your taxes, your KiwiSaver, and your ACC to pass on to the government. So you get the net amount. The bank, they then say, well, when you usually get a mortgage, they're like, hey, uh, what day do you get paid? And they usually take from you the week you get paid usually the day of or the day after via direct debit. They don't say to you, oh yeah, just do you just want to set up an AP or can you just set a calendar reminder and um, you know remember to pay us each cycle? Fuck, no. They're not going to let you have that form of control. Same thing with taxes. Big corporates, so you're looking at your powers, your gyms, your utilities, internet, etc. right? They're all like, yeah, 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 no worries. You can, you, we'd love to have you as a customer. Sign this direct debit form and we'll make sure that you never miss a payment. You beauty. So they know, okay, don't trust people with money. Let's put the trust and control the process, right? But why don't we use this trick ourselves? This is where automation has to come in. So before we even spend some of our money, why not automate it and direct it towards our own goals, i.e. retirement or paying down debt faster? Now, this is a subtle change in practice that can make a massive, massive, massive difference. So you go from saving what is left over or trying to save from what is left over to living on what is left over after you save or invest. Get it? So you go from saving what is left over to living on what is left over after you save or invest. So for me, I started to automate the decrease in my credit card balance. So this was chapter one for me. I was like, right, okay, I need to decrease my credit card balance. And I've told you about that a thousand times and done the 30 and 30 showing you my whole financial journey, cleaning shit up, how I got myself stuck, etc. Go back and check those podcasts out. But that was my first thing is right, I need to build a process to get rid of my credit card. Now, once I was done with that, I automated a percentage of my income to a savings account. So same thing, as soon as I got paid, whack, a percentage straight into a savings account. Just like the big corporates, the banks, etc. Just like the government, what they're doing, 
Boomfa comes in, goes into a savings account. Out of my, uh, out of sight, out of mind. Now today it looks a bit different because I went through process tidy up. I went through process build the habits. Now I'm into sweet. Let's have some fun and let's think about future goals. So this year and now and last year and recently it's it's looked like this. So I have automatic payments set up every week, investing in shares, investing in my KiwiSaver balance, which is a voluntary payment on top of what I already contribute. And I know some people disagree with this, but this is my journey. I'm trying to get my KiwiSaver balance to 100K so then I can watch the snowball roll. And someone said to me recently, like, oh, you shouldn't, you know, you should probably keep that with the things that you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm, my goal is not to fucking need it. You know, I would like that one day that could then sit in a, fu- in a fund and it can be drawn down on and I could give a scholarship each year to someone to go to Palmy Boys or to have the uniform paid for or to go on some training course or to go on a school camp they can't afford to. Uh, that's my shit. You know, that's what I'm trying to build. So, you know, someone can say to you like, that's a dumb idea to do. But if they don't understand your goals and your motives and stuff, then, hey, you know, just stay on the path and, and do your thing. Hey, maybe that changes because my circumstances change, but in my mind, I've kind of got, right, I want to get my KiwiSaver to 100 rack and I want to see that bitch snowball over the next 30 years and then know and have the feeling of that wealth of like, wow, how much money is sitting in there as I still build wealth over in my stuff outside of KiwiSaver and know, well, I can't touch that. So it has to just keep compounding for another 30 years before I can touch it. And then hopefully by the time I get to that, I may not need it, but don't know. I'll have to see what happens to me as a person and uh, what I go through and, and what I'm able to do with that. But it gives me options. Don't we love options? Yes, we do. Now, each week as well, I'm increasing my crypto holdings. So yes, my risk appetite has increased once I tidied my shit up. I increased my ETF fund holding. So exchange traded funds. Go and research those if you need to. And even my cash reserves. So I've got a process of automation to basically make sure that that gets done every week so that I can have the craziest week like I've just been telling you about at the start of this and I'm not going to forget to invest or provide for my future goals because it's all set up automatically to happen for me. Now, I went into my bank account earlier this week and was like, fuck, I don't have much money and I got a bit of a fright and I'm like, okay, well, I know I've got rent and shit coming up this week but then I go in and I'm like, oh yeah, all of my investments have just gone out. I would not have remembered to do those because of what I was working on in those days. So luckily, automation is like, well, Luke, we know that you're crazy busy. You've got too much on your plate. You're not going to remember this because the brain can't remember everything we hope that it can. But don't worry, we got you. Now, remember as well that this doesn't matter or mean anything if you keep dipping into the cash. But it's a great habit to create before you start making more money. And that's what I learned. I learned that if I was going to earn more money, there was no point in doing that, if I didn't change the habits before I did it, because I was probably going to just keep doing dumb shit at a larger scale. So very early on, I tried to start, as I started to make a bit more money again, I started to save a ridiculously high percentage of my income and push it straight out. Then I didn't have it. Then I had to live off of what was left. And then as I got more income, I still kept that habit. Yes, my disposable income keep increasing and I try to just keep similar habits of saving and investing and whatnot, but also not fall in the trap of just spending it on dumb shit. But yes, I do buy some dumb shit and and have some fun and whatnot and try and have a balance. But like that's an individual thing for me to work out. Do I? We all have a different version of that. 
because some people be like, well, look at the shirt you're wearing. Uh, look, you told us about buying those five hundred dollar bloody fitted shirts, and look at those that Burberry card wallet that you put on your Instagram. Like, I don't, I keep that stuff out in the open. Wait till I tell you what I'm about to fucking pay for rent. We'll do a whole podcast on that coming up. I've sorted that over the last week as well. I forgot about that. So, I was trying to build habits right before I increased my income because I knew that the habits that I'd had previously weren't great. So if I could tidy those up before increasing more income, I was probably going to be a better chance to make better decisions and keep getting myself closer to my goals. So I was like that once where I would store money and I would touch it, round and round it would go, and I wouldn't really make any progress. But again, get into budgeting. Week two of Money Mail, go and get the budgeting template, track your progress. It's very good for your brain. You can see what you're doing, what you're not doing. You can have hard conversations with yourself in the mirror and you can actually see what's happened from month to month. It's called tracking your net worth or your balance sheet in business terms. I've taken the business fundamentals and gone, no, 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 fuck, everyday Kiwis can look at themselves like a business too. If it's all good and well for these NZX companies that we invest into to report like this, let's take some of these principles and put them into our personal lives. And that's what I'm teaching you in the second week of Money Mail around budgeting is boring and the importance of month end. Remember, if you ever want to search anything with the podcast, you can go to the podcast on Spotify, for instance, which is what I use, and you can search month and it will come up with every podcast where the title has had month in it. Now, you might want to search the 30 and 30. You could type in 30 and you're going to see that there's 30 podcasts from the 30 and 30. You could listen through all of those. So don't forget, you can use that search function because there's now over 450. We're closing in on 500 episodes for Keep the Change. Now, for those of you that are listening, you're like, well, I'm struggling to save, mate. So all you're basically saying is instead of trying to save or invest from the money that's left over to actually do it before paying any of my bills, that's way too hard to do. And I hear you. I went through the same thing when I heard this concept and I thought, this is way too good to be true, fucking easy for you to say, one day I'll be able to do that, but that's not the point. You have to change it to then see who you become. So I heard something cool recently and they said, start with what you can save. So let's say you pay all of those things at the start, you then have your fun, you get to the end of your pay cycle and you're like, I've got a hundred bucks left, great, I'll save that. Okay, that's your life at the moment, right? And fuck, for most people, they probably can't even do that because it's so tough out there at the moment. But you want to try and straight away, like if you know you can save 100 bucks or if you'd like to, put it away into a savings account and then try and live off of what's left over. And even try and blow that thermostat. So if it's 100 bucks that you can save, you would want to go, right, let's see if I can, as soon as I get paid, instead of waiting for seven days to save 100 on day one, you're going to move 200 into a different bank account and be like, right, can I get through without to the next payday without touching that 200? But this is what I come across that is quite cool as well for those people that are saying like, I don't make this sounds easy, but this is tough, right? Is basically start with what you can save and then increase it by 1% each payday. So $100 becomes 101, then it's 102, then 103, then obviously as you go, that number is going to become bigger, right? So if we took a hundred bucks and said, right, we're going to increase it by 1%, it's going to go two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So miss 15, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 28, 29, 30, 32, 33, 34, 36, 37, 38, 
40, 41, 43, 44, 45, 47, 48, 50, 51, 53, 54, 56, 58, 59, 61, 62, 64, 66, 67, 69. Do you get the point? Like it's slowly, it's not just going to be a dollar each time. It will start to compound. And as you get going and keep going and going, all of a sudden the two tens become two thirteens, the two thirteens become two fifteens, the two fifteens become two seventeens, then two nineteens. And you keep going and going and going. You're just trying to increase by 1% each time. And slowly you'll be putting way more aside than just a hundred dollars. So think about that. See if you can just slowly increase it by 1%. That's the power of compounding and consistency because what you're going to do is you're going to increase that and you're going to learn to live on $1 less each cycle to start with, but then it's going to become $2 less, then $3 less, then $4 less, etc. right? So then some of you might be thinking, well, that's, you know, fuck, that, that's not enough or whatever because everyone's at a different scale listening to this. So think about what that percentage could be for you and you might want to increase it. You might think, okay, I'm going to try and increase my savings by 10% each time. Well, you start doing that uh, with some compounding and you will find that it will get uh, tricky very quickly because all of a sudden your 100 bucks goes to 110, 121, 133, 146, 161, 177, 194, 214, 235, 259, 285, 313, 345, 379, 417, 459, 505, 555, 611, etc. Right? So that's going to get tricky, but maybe you can do it. So take that tactic as well and go, righto, like maybe that's my thing this year to have a crack at. And yes, these things can take time, but all good things do, right? But remember that habits are what we're after here and these are what matter the most. So to do all of this, first you need to be aware of what you have coming in and what's going out. So that's why you have to go back to week two and actually make sure that you do your cash flow budgeting because you might get to the end of a pay cycle and you might see, well, I've got a hundred bucks left normally and you try and save that. But you might do your cash flow planning. So income, less everything going out. You realize like, fuck, I actually have $500 left over. What am I spending that on to then only have $100 left over? This is confusing, but this is going to show you what's left over. So please do these things. Actually do them. Maybe get a napkin and do it on the back of a napkin. But the more you pay attention to your money, then these things are going to become easier and you're going to make more sense of them and you're going to go on a massive journey. But these take time. It's six to 12 months, 18 months, two years. Fuck, who cares? Like, how old are you now? And you're worried about changing your life in two years. The hell? You're 20-something or 30-something and you're thinking like, oh, fuck, it, two years is such a long time to like be better with my finances. Well, you got this far and you're pissed off at them. So wouldn't you want to try over the next two years? And then look at the exponential gains you're going to make when you've got all that knowledge and tidy some stuff up on the other side of those two years as well. Same journey that I had to go on. Embrace it. You know, Go with it. Surrender to the fact of wherever you are now and go, let's roll, baby. Let's tidy this shit up and let's see where we can get to. Because chances are for most people, they are living based on what's left over. Because I used to do the same thing and it's basically what the system, society, fucking whatever terminology we want to use sets us up to do, right? Is the big doggies take from us first and then we're out in the big wide world with no financial literacy skills and then we get another dopamine or cocaine hit of cash the following pay cycle. Same thing happens again. They all get theirs and we're left... 65 going, well, I heard you retire at 65, that'd be great, but I don't have any money. What the fuck happened, man? What? Hey, hang on. I thought I did everything right. I worked hard, paid my taxes, paid my mortgage. What's going on, man? I want some cash. Well, 
You know, sorry, it's not it's not how it works. What, what do you mean? What you weren't you, you weren't aware? No, because we're not telling people this shit, are we? What are you gonna do? You get mortgage free and your house sitting there at sixty five, your pension, cool, all, all good and well. If it's still there, if we're still getting that, but read some data this week: one in two people are going to be renting over the age of sixty five by two thousand and fifty three. I think it is. Ah, we can worry about that in 25 years, eh? Well, guess who that in 25 years is? Probably a lot of us listening to this based on the demographics of who listens to this podcast. So high chance one or two of us are going to be renting. So then we're going to be wanting to think about, okay, well, if I've got 25 years to start working backwards from that, I really do need to take some of this shit seriously and figure out how I can implement some of the tactics that these big doggies are doing exactly to us so I can start to improve my life, so I can figure out how I can get there and not be like, what the fuck just happened? Now, this is the hard pill to swallow. If you don't like it, you're probably going to have to increase your income. As much as you don't want to, that's a you thing. That's it. You've got to want to. So if you really don't like what you can save and invest in all those sorts of things, usually the answer is you're spending too much or you're earning too little. So you've got an expectation versus a reality gap, right? The only person who can solve that is you. And normally, the way to solve that is by making extra income. That's why I do so much content around making extra income. Mikey and I are prepping a number of very, very grunty podcasts for you. And one of those is, sorry, the answer is more income. We're both away from the podcasting landscape at the moment, collecting our thoughts, writing notes. So when we come back, we've probably got six topics, which will turn into be one hour megapods. One of them is also the system isn't broken. Yours is. That's going to be a trigger alert because, well, we'll save the save the rant for that. But these are the sorts of things that we need to learn and understand and realize like, fuck, stop commenting about capital gains tax and all this shit and go, okay, what can I do? What are my systems that I have in place? And this is a very good example of a system, right, where we change the system to save some money first and invest first so that then we can get closer to our goals rather than complaining about how the system's against us, it's broken, it's wrong. Maybe you're right. But do you want to be right for another five years and then look back and go, but I still didn't do anything? Anyway, we've got some good shit coming up for you. Trust me on that one. But often what I see is that what people want is on the other side of increasing their income, but they don't want it bad enough to go and do it. But once you do go looking for it, you'll realize how much it has been there for you all along. Just like our mate who did the 200 pamphlets, I think it was, I think I've been saying 1,000, but I reread it the other day, I'm pretty sure it was 200, handed out half of them, say it might have been 400, and they handed out 25%, and they've got like five grand worth of work in 17 days. So that's been there for them the whole time, but they haven't wanted it enough. They want it, they go out, they go looking for it, and they're like, holy fuck, there is a lot of money out there. But that's a new chapter, and you have to want to write that chapter. I repeat, that's a new chapter for a lot of people, extra income, and you have to want to write it yourself. Very scary to write that one too, because not many people have done it, teach it, and can show you, and then therefore you can learn from. If everybody in the country was going out making more money, you'd be like, well, fuck, it's just a no-brainer, it's easy, like this is what we do. You know, this is what my mate does. I'm going to go do it too. But because there's less people doing it, we're like, oh man, I shouldn't have to do that. Hey, think, you know, think about balance, bro. Hey, careful, man. Might get tired. Hey, 
got to balance the time with the kids as well. Yeah, 100% get all that, but everybody's different and you've got to then decide, well, what are your goals? What do you want to build? And then don't complain. Don't complain on the other side when you know the answers, but you don't want to go and get them. And then don't begrudge the people who do go and have a crack and do it because it's very easy to do that. What's on the other side of all that stuff? Not much for us. So if you want that chapter, remember it is there. There's so many lessons about increasing your income. I'm continuing to bring you examples of that because that's what I think we need to see. We need to see other people doing it to believe that it's possible. And just like me, I look at a helicopter fly by and one of the first things I think is like someone fucking owns it. Someone figured out how to pay for it. Someone could fuel it and someone can pay the pilot. What the hell? What do they know that I don't? That's the thing that I always ask myself. What do they know that I don't? And when I started asking myself that question all the time, shit, life got easier because I started going looking for those lessons and thinking, oh, that's actually not as complicated as I thought. Maybe I'm just doing this a little bit wrong over here. Maybe I could be doing a little bit of that. Anyway, let's bring it back to basics. For now, if you're not going on the increasing income chapter, tidy this stuff up and think about automation in terms of these two ways. You know, A, what's most important for you or B, what's most worrying. So if you're saving for your first home, for instance, the focus will be on putting cash aside for that deposit. So that's the most important to you, right? And you're probably worried about that too because we're constantly getting told that we're not going to be able to afford houses and shit and there's data to back that up. And so we're worried and it's important to us. If you're worried about, as an example, late payment fees on bills, you'd automate payments to stay ahead of getting behind. The first couple of times that you know, I got late payment fees on my cue card and shit, I'm like, what the hell? I don't want to pay 25 bucks because I missed this $3 payment. Then I would pay in advance and I would set payments up so that they were all done so I didn't have to think about them because less worry equals less mental rent spent. So I paid a lot of my automatic payments towards utilities and shit in advance before they were direct debit and whatnot because I didn't want to get those fees and I didn't want to fucking think about them either. What I liked to do, I got to a point where I would get, this is back in the day, people, the old mail envelope, open it up, power, I'm $22 in credit. You beauty, no worry, happy days. And I would try and get all of my accounts like that. These days is direct debit, I try and use that so I don't have to think about it. I know I have enough money in my bank account because I've done my cash flow planning to make sure that it will be there. So I shouldn't see any fees in my account for missing payments. Hey, it might happen if something extraordinary comes out, but that's me failing to do my correct planning. But this for me meant less worry and then I didn't have to think about it and I could keep moving on with other shit. Now, just a very quick tangent on that. Uh, maybe I should save that for another day. No, let's go real quick. So be careful what you consume, what you watch as well. Now, you might think that watching, uh, reading like fiction books and stuff, it's great, you know, and, and scary stuff and scary movies and whatnot. But you have to be careful with that, of what it does to your mind. Now, as an example, been recently watching something about people disappearing and going missing and shit and there's a big part of it where there was a dress left on the road. I got on my lift this morning and there was a fucking dress or something sitting in the corner of the lift. Been in this building maybe four years I've lived there, never seen that. I said to my partner, I'm like, X, Y, Z, um, someone's dress. Now, we both were like, oh, that's kind of weird. And I'm like, that is only weird because of what we've recently watched. 
So be careful the shit that you're planting in your head that isn't good for you. It's so easy to go on social media to watch um, series and stuff and get some escapism and get out of your life and whatnot and that's all good and we can feel like that's really valuable for us. But be careful of the second, third and fourth order consequences of that. And I said to my partner, I was like, that's kind of fucked, day. Eh? You know, we're both thinking about that because of what we watched and that's grossed out our morning. Who knows why that's there? Probably someone's just dropped something in the lift. And instead of me, which I'd normally pick something up and be like, oh, I should probably give that to the building manager to see who's lost this. I'm like, don't know if I want to touch that, eh? Because I've tainted my brain and I've hurt it and given it yuck shit to think about. And so now, instead of looking at that from a completely different lens, I've looked at it post this series of shit that I've watched, thinking about missing people and stuff, and now uh, I'm too scared or didn't want to pick up that dress, and I'm like, oh, I'll block that thing out. And I didn't even know if it was a dress, but it was telling me it was a dress, my brain was. So I hope that's a good example for you. You're probably laughing, and partly you should be laughing, but that's why like, when you are trying to focus and tidy up areas of your life and your finances and get clear on fucking winning a gold medal and shit, you become so careful of the shit that you fuel your brain. And we often say to clients at Next Advisory, we say, be careful what you put in your eyes, your ears, and your mouth. And when you start to think about that and you see examples like I just gave you, you realize like, I did not need to start my day thinking about that today and getting dragged back into what's happened uh, with these people that went missing and things like that anyway. So, complete tangent and side note, I didn't even really want to go down there, but hopefully there's a lesson in there for you. A number of you will be watching shit and consuming shit that ends up distracting you later on in the day and it isn't good for you and you don't need it. Be careful and go and get the right stuff that you need to be around you. So automate that as well by following the right people on social media, getting rid of the shit, you know, unsubscribing from the email, selling you stuff, all of that stuff is automation that you need to then build into your life and use that as well. You know there's automation software that tracks if you put something in a cart but you don't convert and they try and convince you to buy that. You've seen the email, you've seen the retargeting, that's automation. That's not someone being like, oh, there's John, he was just in the cart, we better bloody you know, go and manually insert this. No, there's automation doing that. So you need to add automation to your life as well to think, okay, how can I strip some of that stuff out? Anyway, You've got enough to think about already, right? So automate what you can so you don't have to think about this stuff. And don't forget, these things can change over time as you change your priorities, and that's all good as well. Get automated is the key to this lesson. You're one of over 9,725 recipients. I think I might have jumped 100 there. I have to check that. Anyway, the KTC podcast has over 78,500 downloads in January. Please share some content. Keep putting this in front of more people. Now, did you know, as an example, back to the top, right? The taxes, they're usually the first thing that come out of our salary. If you earn $100,000 a year, which apparently 15% of working New Zealanders do, well, guess how much tax you pay a week? $490. So if you earn $100,000 a year, you're spending $490 a week on tax and ACC. Are you investing anywhere near that in your own future? Perhaps that's your new goal. Now, I'm not saying, oh, that's unfair. Again, it is what it is. You know, the system's not broken. Your systems are. If you begrudge the fact that you're paying $4.90 a week in tax and you can't save that, well, you're probably 
a better chance of increasing your income and figuring out how you can save the 490 than you are to have them completely change the tax system and ensure that you don't pay that 490. Remember too that a lot of people, one and two households, don't pay any tax because they receive more credits back than what they do in terms of payments. That's some old data, but it's probably still roughly around the same. Think about what other income you've got coming in, working for families, tax credits that other taxpayers are helping fund for you. Um, Might even be child care uh, credits and stuff like that at daycare that other taxpayers are helping pay for you. You know, there's all sorts of EV green discounts and stuff. I think those are gone now. And, and those things, I think people forget a lot of the time too, when they look at this sort of information. But if you're earning hundred K a year, you don't get any sort of tax credits or tax relief and stuff. You're probably near on spending 500 bucks a week on taxes. So are you doing the same? Are you paying your mortgage down by that? Are you investing that? Are you thinking about you know, your own retirement and things? Then that, that could be the shock that you need to go, wow, okay, maybe my next chapter to write is increasing my income and try and figure out how you can invest, save and spend more on the things that you want and your future than what the taxes and tax department take from you each week. Jeez, 37 minutes. We go get out of here, man. I'm flat sticks. And now I've just opened my phone and I can see I've got a voice message. I've got two texts. Uh, I've got someone saying, I've got one, two, three. I've got about eight messenger. No, make that about 15 messenger messages, not from individual people, but group chats and shit. Now, if I pull out of this email, what have we got? Okay, my inbox hasn't refreshed, so that's good. I don't know how many emails I have. But I, I when I started this, remember, like I didn't want those distractions because I knew that as the morning gets started, they will start coming at me. So always try and get work done before you have to start getting reactive back to what's coming up to you. I'm trying to show you some little things that I use in my life that help me as well. Uh, Not always finance related, uh, but just getting a bit bolder with sharing some of those with you so that hopefully some of you, you know, can implement them into your life and improve it on those, um, those areas outside of finance as well. Be good out there. We'll see you when I come back from this wedding in the next Money Mail from Keep the Change. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top of it.